And at that time, uh, I was 70 years old. And uh, I decided that this is important. And I, I'm, there is no question I'm heading to Cumbria. This is my conversation with Vahagen Tonoyan. Vahagen is a safety security officer for Peace Corps Armenia. Before that, he worked for the Armenian Red Cross Society. Vahagen has over 15 years of experience in emergency response management. Today, we talk with Vahagen about his experiences immediately following the 1988 Armenian earthquake as a volunteer helping with rescue operations in Gyumri and then Stepanovan. We also talk with Vahagan about the forming of the first volunteer rescue organization in the Soviet Union, Spitak. We would love to hear your thoughts about this conversation. Connect with us on Facebook or by email at storybeyondtheruins at gmail.com. First of all, I want to thank you for this project because I think it is important. Mm -hmm. It's part of our history, our modern history. You know, you cannot find the people who is not aware about this, this mm -hmm. you know, tragic events of 1988. And, um, well, of course, people learn lessons mm -hmm. from what they, you know, experience, but there is this tendency they tend to forget, mm. you know, what they learned because yeah. th that's just human nature. Okay. Um, well, just few basics, as you know, uh, the epicenter uh, of this earthquake was near town Spitak. Mm -hmm. And uh, you talk about Gyumri, that's natural, you know, Gyumri is the second largest city in Armenia and probably the, the most damage was done to Gyumri. Uh, I mean, if you compare uh, number of population and buildings which were destroyed, of course, Kyumri was, but uh, towns like Vanadzor, Stepanavan, mm -hmm. you know, Spitak itself, uh, they in many small villages were largely affected. Mm -hmm. um, where were you born? I was born in Yerevan. Okay. And you said you went to Stepanavan often for summers? Yeah, well, this was Soviet time, so... Mm -hmm. Imagine, like, it's not like a, a small um, Armenia or, you know, Soviet Armenia, but we were taking it as a, you know, huge country uh -huh. like Soviet Union. And, uh, you know, I was born and raised in, in Yerevan, but uh, ever since I remember myself uh, from being, you know, a small kid, uh, all the summers uh, we were spending in Stepanavan where my grandparents, you know, used to have a house, which was in the center of the town, a beautiful place. And Stepanavan itself was, you know, a, a great place. I, I can't compare what we have now in Stepanavan with what it used to be. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so all my, you know, like summertime, you know, Yerevan was pretty hot. And uh, after uh, you know, schools, the parents were kind of sending uh, kids uh, to chill out <laughs> with grandma. Uh -huh. uh, so it was a happy time for us, like spending our childhood playing with friends, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, fishing, going to pick mushrooms, yeah. uh, going to swim into the river or into the lake, uh, just hiking, going to you know, natural springs for mineral water, Narzan. Yeah. Many, many other, you know, interesting things. Just playing, you know, football, basketball, uh, you know, discos in the evenings. Really? There's a, <laughs> sure. Uh, there's a nice uh, park uh, in Stepanavan. <laughs> Locals call it Sad. It's Russian <laughs> name, so... You well, said disco? Yeah. Like having a small portable... Uh, like uh, the things which mm, place like the a, tapes. Yeah, like a CD player. Yeah. Like a big, well, a boombox. CD, yeah. CD player wasn't available oh, okay. back, you know, in the early, uh, you know, 90, I mean, 1980s. But yeah, 
happy time. Uh, and then uh, I was studying in a school which will, which has like main language as like Russian. Okay. Yeah. In Yerevan. In Yerevan. Because the area where I was living, uh, there used to be like Soviet, well, military bases. Mm-hmm. And there were many Russian uh, officers, you know, who were coming from different parts of Russia for their service here in, in Armenia. And uh, for that particular reason, because of number of, you know, Russian kids, there, one of the schools in the area I was living was, um, you know, the main language was Russian. And for some reason, my parents decided that, uh, you know, I need to go to that school. I was a good student. That's good. That's always good to know. <laughs> yeah. The day of the earthquake, um, you said you were in college then, right? I was in university. University. Uh, this was first year. First year. Yes. First year. I, 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 um, I was accepted to university. Uh, it was, I guess, June 1988. And um, that was the year when I finished the school. Thinking about well, I was uh, strong at mathematics mm-hmm. and like uh, technical things, and uh, I thought that uh, you know what is the progressive uh, kind of directions. Yeah. And I was go. thinking about the uh, computer programming, okay. yeah. and uh, there was this department of applied mathematics, mm-hmm. Yerevan yeah, State University. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was interesting when. Uh, we all were very excited and were waiting for September 1st. We were surprised, you know, back in 1988, uh, there was this um, movement uh, of students who mm-hmm. were there, like, there were like strikes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was this the Karbakh movement? Yeah, okay. the Karbakh movement started. And so the f- we went to the school for the first day, you know, I mean, to university mm-hmm. for the classes. And we were surprised. Oh, they're not not gonna be classes. So the the beginning was kind of uh, <laughs> uh, surprising. Mm-hmm. So and there were lots of um, uh, you know protests and demonstrations. Sure. But this was like uh, national nationwide mm-hmm. you know activities. So it was okay. Like, yeah. uh, and then eventually we kind of get back to the classes. And it uh, started uh, how you you would call it uh, like a normal. And I I remember that they were well. Uh, so December seventh, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we were in the class, and it was mathematic analysis class, and uh, we felt this, you know, the tremor, the, the shaking, mm-hmm. and almost uh, immediately everyone, like, uh, instinctively mm-hmm. stood up with the questions like, what should we do? Yeah. Like, have you, oh, have you felt anything like that? No, it was, it was, it was the strongest quake uh, I felt. Okay. And, uh, the, uh, our lector, he, he got his education in Moscow. He was studying and also teaching in Moscow University. Mm-hmm. So he was a very well-educated person, but this also was a surprise for him. And when everyone stood up, your first reaction is kind of to look for the uh, entrance mm-hmm. uh, yeah. or exit, you know, to leave the room. He kind of was saying, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, we we have a particular uh, uh, an example, uh-huh. uh, an exercise, mm-hmm. and we need to do this. And then, you know, everyone look at each other and it's kind of like we sit down, but we were talking, okay, this was like an earthquake, but we didn't know like what happened at that moment. We didn't uh, know what happened in Spitak or in Gimri. So, and, uh, and since then, nothing extraordinary. I mean, uh, that was, was that moment and everything kind of went to the normal because we didn't know what happened. Mm-hmm. So we have our classes and, uh, you know, I, uh, that same evening I have, a, uh, I was dating my 
Wife? My wife. Yeah. By the way, we we met in the school, in the same school. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, after we were graduated from the school, like kind of our relationship started, you know, being new, on new level, I'd mm-hmm. say that way. Sure. So, so we have our meeting after classes. Uh, and uh, uh, like, I, I remember we went to a cafe and, you know, we were just, you know, walking. And we started noticing that there are uh, not usual number of ambulances in town. So we didn't hear about, we didn't know. I mean, I was outside and mm-hmm. uh, uh, communication is not the same as like you have yeah, your call, smartphone okay. there and you can see like what's going on. And mm-hmm. This was totally different. So you didn't have any, any phone, anything. Uh-huh. So the only unusual thing we noticed is uh, more, a higher number of ambulances running in town. Uh, and what, but we don't know like what's happening. And uh i returned home it was sometime before 10 p.m and 10 p.m was a time when in soviet time it was the the most uh, kind of popular uh news program called uh, vremia like time uh in, imagine this is this was like a program which was broadcasting throughout all soviet union all the soviet union yeah. and uh like of course, they talk about important things first. And uh, I entered home, and it was time when the, the program was starting, and the first news was from Armenia, and uh, from the tragic events. And they said that there was a you know, strong earthquake in Armenia, and they were showing like uh, some uh, not movie, but. Uh, some reporters they mm-hmm. uh, the captured what they captured from helicopters mm-hmm. showing like yeah. the towns in the ruins and uh, you know it, it was shock and we I was watching and and thinking oh my god this is what you know I, I did that connection yeah, like this, this is what was we saw earlier yeah. in the day. and uh like for more, I mean, we've been listening and listening to this, and it is interesting. We can, I think it is still available if you Google. Yeah. Uh, you can find that particular reportage about the earthquake in Armenia and see how it was kind of presented. Mm-hmm. And at that time, uh, I was 70 years old. And uh, I decided that this is, uh, this is, important and I I'm there is no question I'm heading to Cumbri uh, and I will call I call actually my friends my school friends because you know it was it was still early of course I have like university friends but I had friends from my childhood time yeah, from my school up. so those were like my friends who I would call if I need something you know? so I called them and I said hey we need to go and help so we agreed uh, the time, uh, and we agreed that we will have some, you know, some clothes, yeah. you know, suitable for work, and then we decided that we will go together to university, uh-huh. and start recruiting our, you know, university students, our friends, and then uh, like a bigger group will go. Was this the next day after the? Yes, uh, I'm talking about December eight. Okay. So December eight in the morning, I went to university with my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it were three of us. Uh, and uh, I was surprised uh, when we arrived, we saw many uh, big buses, you know, yellow buses. It was, I think, for transporting up to 58 passengers, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, so there were lots of those buses in front of university. And I was surprised in a good way that it was already organized, you know, like mm-hmm. they were um, giving like tools, like simple things like shovels, giving those uh, tools, uh, some uh, protective stuff or like gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they were forming like groups, uh, actually, you know, asking people to sit in the buses and then the buses departed for Gimri. 
and uh, I think we arrived there sometime around 5 p.m. so it took us a long because the road, there was traffic mm-hmm. uh, and the buses were going slow mm-hmm. and there was like damaged road that you have to bypass. Oh, so, and when we were approaching Gyumri, we start seeing the first uh, rubbles, like, you know, buildings which were crushed buildings. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know who was, but there was some person who was kind of a leader for any particular bus. So it was time when for our bus to stop and you know we saw they were uh, people working already there on, on the ruins uh, besides civilians they were military like soviet military like mm-hmm. uh, soldiers in uniforms uh, even they were like tanks uh, trying to pull you know the big rocks yeah oh, rocks yeah. so people were already working there so in the it was like you went and you see, okay, there is a building where there is lots of people and there's this cranes, you know, lifting the rocks or piece of uh, those uh, concrete mm-hmm. uh, blocks uh, working. And they were kind of like choosing, okay, it looks like there is a building, but not many people are working here. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like that way. And, and we went out of the bus and immediately started you know kind of helping because you know you you saw the people are digging there and helping you know mm-hmm. to remove a body from you know under those debris and ruins so um, and we started working and you don't think about stuff like you know food and yeah. drink you see the tragedy you did you see there are people some people were like silent some people were crying some people mm-hmm. were looking for their family members and uh, do you remember what part of Gimri this was? no but it was a a residential building multi-story building no I think nine-story building we were working on Um, and it was very important to have the those um, cranes yeah the cranes to lift the big yes because this is concrete building, mm-hmm. which was built of uh, concrete blocks welded uh, with each other. So even if you find someone there, you know, alive, um, there, 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 you can't, you know, get them out, out, out without that technique, you know. So the cranes were uh, very important, and if there is no crane, you can only, you know, dig and use the shovels, you know. To kind of see if you can find someone there mm-hmm. so uh, actually what we were doing is there was this crane working and then uh, we were going I mean there was this place where that we were putting all those uh, you know pieces of stones and stuff and and then they were removing and putting in dumping into the mm-hmm. tracks who were taking it out uh, and uh, you know there was time when uh, we actually found first first body. Mm-hmm. It was an old uh, lady, and they were people who probably were working there, and they knew like where it should go. Like, yeah. Uh, had you had you seen a dead body before then? No, but the interesting thing is I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know what's gonna be my reaction, but I think uh, during, if you're in in that area, uh, I mean, you know what you're dealing with. It will be miracle if you will find a you know live person or mm-hmm. you will help them out to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, it was surprising, like how calm was I when we discovered, you know. This first, there it was a giant man, and uh, you know he was stuck uh, in the stairwells. We talked that this is the most uh, vulnerable place, mm. so I think he was on his way to run out, or uh, so where he got stuck. 
so he was killed by those stones and heavy stuff. Uh, but uh, I mean, and I was asking myself, is this normal? Like, yeah. So, and I guess for that, if you are in that uh, kind of stage, maybe that's normal. Maybe that's maybe you were in shock. Yeah, you can. Yeah, maybe that's it. that's the way you know your body kind of protect you. Maybe. So I don't know, but. Uh, so we worked and worked and worked. You we were working all night. All night. So it was uh, uh, night, but those cranes they have illumination, the lights. Mm -hmm. So for there was a time when they were kind of stopping and they were refilling it, and then it, it still was working. And it was cold. I remember that uh, we found some um, just wood, you know, piece of woods from broken maybe uh, windows or, uh -huh. and people start kind of burning, um, making fires mm -hmm. just to uh, warm up a little bit. And it was really cold if you don't do anything, yeah. but the work was going through all night. Was there snow on the ground no, that year? Not, not that yeah. first day. And uh, so I remember one thing that we were putting uh, stones, uh, like almost in the fire to get the stone to warm up. Mm -hmm. And then like there was a time when you, you need to relax a little bit. Yeah. So I was, we were putting those stones which were uh, heated uh, because of this fire. And then we were laying down on those stones to warm up a little bit. Hmm. So. You guys didn't bring like a blankets or anything like that no. or nothing? This was first experience like that. So, okay. And uh, this, this was beginning of December. This is time when people usually start getting ready for New Year. Yeah. And uh, like um, the stores, there are many things. Like, I mean, in Soviet time, uh, the norm, things which are now normal, mm -hmm. like, for example, Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola, you can't find them in, in, <laughs> in stores. Uh -huh. But there was one store next to that area we were working. So they got so many, you know, sodas there. Uh -huh. And I remember uh, we were washing our hands with Pepsi Cola. Wow, because there was no water? There was no water. Uh, so... Uh, we have some shifts there, and remember our lecture. I mentioned that uh -huh. when we were class in in the class, and he didn't let us go out from university. Yeah. So we saw his face that day when we arrived in Gyumri, and it, it looked like he was um, he was regretting that. He didn't let us, you know, leave the room mm -hmm. because let's say if the epicenter, if the earthquake was in uh, Yerevan, in Yerevan yeah. you know, that would have been a bad idea. Yeah. So anyway, so we worked there and we've seen many things there. Uh, we've seen people who were trying to, you know, loot the stores, mm. uh, even. Uh, we were angry and my friend wanted to kind of step in and say, hey, what are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. there were people who were taking stuff out of, you know, the, the store. But then we were thinking like, I mean, what, what can you do? There is mm -hmm. so many places which are left on uh, yeah. controlled and so many people who are going to take advantage anyway. So then we focused on, on working. So we spend, we spend three days in Gyumri for the, that first round. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was, I think it was third day when we saw uh, international rescuers you know, mm -hmm. arriving in the area. But I remember, uh, you know, the building where even the, the destroyed building, if it was, let's say, nine-story building, mm -hmm. it didn't lower, you know, 
it's become a, like a hill. Yeah. And there was a Gimbretsi man, a local man, who was looking for his family. But of course, the building, you can't recognize even like mm-hmm. which floor it is yeah. because it's broken. Uh, and this guy, he was wearing military uniform. Probably he was in, in military mm-hmm. in Gyumri. And he was showing me someplace and, and asking me, isn't it look like this is like a leg, a, a child's leg or something? But I, I cannot tell whether it is so or not. And uh, it was interesting, but I was kind of thinking like, how these people are reacting to the situation. Mm-hmm. Like we, I mean, I was coming from Yerevan and I didn't have anyone, you know, close, I mean, to my family related. That, that you were area. worried about. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, just kind of trying to like imagining like how those people can deal with what so the after uh, you know when you work tireless I mentioned that I don't remember eating or drinking that <coughs> maybe it's maybe some you know soda but no food uh, but uh, you can't work as you know yeah there was time when uh, we worked and worked, uh, and uh, you see that okay, you know, I think either you need the rest or uh, it's not very effective now. What what are you doing? So, mm-hmm. and there was no connection uh, back uh, with my family, so you couldn't call. Yeah, right? there's no phone. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and there was I think. To be honest, I don't remember how we returned back to Yerevan. Mm. But I thought that I will return, will meet my uh, family, and then we'll go to Stepanovan because mm-hmm. that's where I have connections. Mm-hmm. So I returned, and uh, it's interesting, you know. Like nowadays, with all this communication, like if my wife doesn't hear from my son for like a couple, couple hours. of hours. She's becoming you know, nervous. And, but back then it was different. It, it's not like our parents didn't care about us. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the life was different. Yeah. I mean, if I went to that area, you can imagine that, you know, probably for a few days I won't be back home. Mm-hmm. So I returned. Uh, I think it was day fourth, and uh, then I, uh, you know, afterward, I just spent one night at home, and then mm-hmm. I decided, okay, I will be going to Stepanov mm-hmm. with uh, one other friend. How would you describe the scene in Stepanovan versus Gumri? Well, Stepanov is a much smaller town. Mm-hmm. Like in Gyumri, you have these multi-story buildings. Mm-hmm. Stepanovan at that time, the highest building was maybe five-story building. Mm-hmm. Five-story building. Uh, but uh, since I knew Stepanovan very well, mm-hmm. uh, which was different. Yeah. I mean, when you knew all the places and you're visiting and see, well, there are buildings which are uh, damaged. damaged. But a lot of those five-story buildings were not uh, kind of damaged, damaged. I mean, they were, you can see some cracks there, but the building was standing. Actually, the building we used to live, which I mentioned was in the center, mm-hmm. it was a building which was built back in uh, late 40s. So my grandfather, he was uh, at that time, during wartime, he was uh, working as a prosecutor mm-hmm. and uh, he got assignments you know it's like it's almost like military he his assignment was Stepanavan where mm-hmm. he also got uh, this apartment uh, and he was a prosecutor and then later on he he was a judge for Stepanavan 
Yeah, that's that building, uh, which was built in late 40s. Mm -hmm. um, all the time, you know, back in 70s and 90s, like all the, the residents were of that building were um, complaining that that this building is in um, not safe. Or? It's not safe. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it was coming from, but you know what? So many modern buildings were damaged during the earthquake, but that building <laughs> didn't uh, have even one crack. <laughs> so it was a good building. Still there. Nice building. Um, you know, with Stepanavan it was a little bit different because I have so many people I knew. Mm -hmm. Like there was a girl of my age uh, was living in that same building mm -hmm. and they got the, they got uh, a new building in Stepanova and they kind of moved uh, start living in in that modern building mm -hmm. which didn't survive the earthquake and mm -hmm. she died because I mean should they stay in that old building it would have been okay yes but she died my university friend who was from Stepanova and his name is Andranik. So I actually went uh, to help him to, you know, because their building was um, not ruined, mm -hmm. but it was damaged by large. So they were taking out all their goods. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, in our apartment, we didn't at that time, when earthquake happened, my grandma was in Stepanova. Mm -hmm. She was actually visiting her, um, uh, her friend. Uh, they are like uh, friends for for many many decades, mm -hmm. like two tatiks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she was living Antaram uh, tatik. She was living across the street. Mm -hmm. So my uh, grandmother went to visit her just to have a coffee, and on her way back to home, that was the time when the building. She was outside when she felt the you know the tremor in Stepanavan, mm -hmm. uh, the shaking. And she remembered that she fell off on the ground. She couldn't. And still, yeah. yeah. So my uncle, my younger uncle, the following day, he went to uh, evacuate her mom back mm -hmm. to Yerevan. Quick question. When you went to Stepanovan, did you, you remember driving through Spitak? Spitak was, you can't see even a single building standing. It was levered. And even there was this place where they uh, ground the wheat to make a flower. Yeah. yeah. So uh, those giant concrete uh, like cubes, it's, it's like cylinders. Right. They were turned. Uh, I mean, so this was time when, when we see how uh, quick were the international rescue services. This was the first time when I saw the uh, search and rescue dog, you know, working on ruins. Mm -hmm. We figure out that this is something we need. Uh, we didn't have, like, yeah. let's say, um, rescue in Armenia, in Soviet, entire Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. There was civil defense, mm -hmm. which was uh, militarized Military. uh, mm -hmm. kind of department. But I mean, when there was need, there was nothing. So, uh, I did spend, uh, I guess, two weeks in Stepanavan. Mm. And when I returned, all, all my classmates were already in classes in university. Back in Yerevan? Yes. And uh, very soon, I heard that uh, there is a voluntarily uh, you know, rescue service formed. I've seen myself French and, you know, German rescuers working, you know, those places. And so in this Germans, uh, among them, there was a, a person who has experience of creating, uh, you know, rescue services in other uh, countries, countries following disasters. Mm -hmm. So, and, um, so there was kind of like a match 
in the Yerevan Physics uh, Institute. They used to have mountaineer club. And those guys are, uh, they were rescuers among them, but mountain rescuers. So they, dis they formed uh, the rescue center. And uh, I heard about it. I thought that this is something important and we need to have you know, mm -hmm. volunteer, you know, rescue service. So I joined the team. It was, it was summer of 1989. So basically like uh, six, seven months later. And uh, we started having our, you know, trainings, like weekly trainings. Mm. Soon there was a, uh, we got uh, German instructors who arrived uh, to train. Uh, and also there was a, you know, equipment sent. So, and we become uh, uh, the first uh, rescue service, not in, uh, just uh, Armenia, but for Soviet Union. Mm. What was what was the name of it again? Spitak. Because of Spitak earthquake, epicenter town Spitak, and because Spitak white means mm -hmm. clean, and it's also a sign of you know peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how? Um, what happened with that organization? In nineteen eighty nine. December 12th, sorry, January 12th mm -hmm. is the official date when this organization was created. So just a couple weeks after the earthquake. Yes. How many members did you guys originally have? I think originally it was maybe 50 mm -hmm. and then it grew to 150. And there was a time when the numbers were, but this was all volunteer, you know, mm -hmm. volunteer organization and it was non-governmental organization is there now a government rescue organization yes there is and the important thing is one of the reasons we have this organization is to support establishment of government rescue service mm -hmm. so when we now have the ministry of emergency situations mm -hmm. i feel like i have small thing yeah. you know yeah. uh, in at this point, Vahagan brings out a clear folder which contains various newspaper clippings and certificates from his time with Speed Talk. He points out a few of them for us. This is a reportage, uh, June 23rd. Mm -hmm. This is uh, our group departing um, Mos Moscow, Yerevan, Tehran, when there was an earthquake in Iran. Mm -hmm. Our team was sent as a Soviet rescue team. Wow. This still was Soviet time to go and do the rescue operations in in Iran, in the province Rudbar. So this is our equipment and our team getting ready to depart. I myself was uh, in mountain rescue uh, training in Caucasus, in uh, Elbrus area. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is just to show that uh, uh, the that Department of Emergency Situations didn't have rescuers, but we existed in all the the rescue operations on the territory of Armenia mm -hmm. uh, were agreed with us. Mm -hmm. Like if something was happening here or there, they were contacting us, and we were going there. And mm -hmm. they, as an organization, they as government organization, they have like fuel and other stuff, so they were providing food and. Uh, fuel and other stuff, but what we have like mentors, people, yeah. we have people and equipment. What was some of the, the trainings, like what was some of the important things you remember learning for rescue? All because... those things are important, you know, the, <laughs> the basic things were the first aid mm -hmm. training. We got uh, German instructors were helping us, uh, I mean, were our instructors. There were many, you know, trainings. I have many documents here. Like this particular one is from the United States. Mm -hmm. This is Louisianian Search, Search and Rescue. rescue. Ah, so lots of different organizations came into Yeah. Like this one is uh, from Red Cross, but this is later town time. Mm -hmm. Remember, you asked what was the one of the the most important things. Is this is uh, February of nineteen. 
1990. Yeah, and this is not basic first aid. This is like first aid for paramedics. Mm. Like, so the rescuers have to know. And it's, you, you can see it's German Red Cross. Mm-hmm. The, it was their instructions and all the, you know, equipment we got. This was one of the basics everyone should know. Yeah. And then there were many different uh, trainings on uh, particular things you can use. Well, this avalanche training in Germany, it's me and my dog. And uh, we just found him from the snow and, you know, the dog is helping yeah. take him out. <laughs> so there were many trainings uh, on, you know, this is in Armenia, in Aragats. Mm-hmm. But we have two instructors from Germany, Helmut Lutz, uh, Heidi Malu. Mm-hmm. The rest are Armenians. This is my dog. Yeah. <laughs> so you brought your dog to Germany? Yeah, we, we, this dog, Joran, uh, he's uh, one of the first search and rescue dogs in Armenia. And wow. At this wow. time, he was one of the best. You can see, like, our equipment is not very sophisticated. Like, mm-hmm. it's what we got at that time. <laughs> but uh, later on, this is also our team, and I have different dog. Yeah, uh, this one is chocolate Labrador uh-huh. retriever. This is 2002, right before I uh, joined Peace Corps. This one is earthquake in Georgia, 1991. Mm-hmm. It's me and my dog on our way to Georgia, and this is actually the ruins in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our group we went to uh, for the training in the United States. Uh, once in a while we were doing um, exib- like it's not like exhibition but we were showing what we got mm-hmm. this is Republic Square you know mm-hmm. we are showing how is the ropes you know to descend the uh, injured person mm-hmm. or how to cut the vehicle and take out the you know mm-hmm. uh, injured persons uh, this is interesting story uh uh, when our group went to Iran, we were using those very sensitive microphones to which can hear like hear people, like heartbeats. Heartbeats. Uh-huh. So uh, apparently, one of our guys, Grisha, as his weekend, he heard a heartbeat, and they start digging, mm-hmm. and they take out a live turkey. A live turkey from the the rubble. Yes. Yeah. Well, we, it's hard to distinguish it. Yeah. It's even harder. But he, he heard the heart beating. And then there was a, an article in newspaper. And the, the Azeris <laughs> say that, well, this is how Armenians are helping. They found the Turkey. <laughs> Do you think if, if during the Armenian earthquake of 1988, mm-hmm. this organization existed, you would have been able to save more people? The question you asked is an important question. For emergencies like this, uh, we were realizing that, God forbid, but if something happened, let's say in Yerevan, mm-hmm. we're not going to be enough you know, to take care. Maybe we can cover one building or two. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Because the national-wide you know, uh, disaster, it requires more energy, more more. Mm-hmm. My, Manpower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, there was another rescue team uh, created in Stefanova. Mm-hmm. They still exist. They call Lore. So when we talk to those guys, Armin Arakilan is their leader. And we say, uh, this was like one of our usual things. And we say, well, God forbid if something happened. But you know, if something happened in Yerevan, you guys know that. Uh, I mean, we will be counting on you. We, we realized that uh, we need uh, government support yeah. uh, organization to be created. Uh, nowadays that Ministry of Emergency Situations exists. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. One of the major changes they did is that fire brigades become part of this rescue mm-hmm. service. Because in Soviet time it was different. It is now was kind of 
taken out of that ministry and given to Ministry of Emergency Situations. Mm -hmm. So the the fire brigades, which were existing every place, mm -hmm. they were uh, like a core which was developed. They were trained, they were equipped, and they were become ready to, you know, work and support. Do you think if another earthquake happened the same scale as the one in 88 in Armenia now, do you think the government's response force is equipped to to handle it? Well, God forbid something mm -hmm. like that happened anywhere. Uh, I don't think that any country is capable uh, uh, with their own resources to fight mm -hmm. disasters like that, to that scale, to that level, even in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, even if we say that we, we do have government uh, service now, but God forbid if something like this happened, um, of course it's going to be different than it was back in 1988, mm -hmm. but still, there will be big demand, you know, of support and help from abroad. Do you think your three days in Gyumri and your maybe two weeks in Stepanovan basically shaped your entire life after that? Sure. You were going into computer computer science, which <laughs> yeah, isn't, isn't exactly similar to search and rescue. And, and now you work as the security yeah, officer. That one day changed my life. Uh, you you notice that you know I was in university as a computer programmer, mm -hmm. but the time dictates something different. There was earthquake, there was a, you know there, the war with mm -hmm. uh, around Karabakh started, mm -hmm. the collapse of Soviet Union. We didn't have electricity. What kind of computer program you are talking about? <laughs> So uh, out of hundred and something students we have in our uh, group, uh, maybe you can count maybe 10, 15, maybe just 10% who still continue you know, working on their, uh, let's say the, the profession they choose. And but time is changing, you know, my son, my older son, he, he was graduated from that same university, mm -hmm. the same department, the start startup he's leading uh, is one of the first seven in Armenia. Wow. What is that called? Solar. Oh. Yeah. Can you see yourself right now as a computer programmer <laughs> or is it... <laughs> Can you imagine your life? You know, I I appreciate all what I come through because, well, without your past and present, you don't have future. So... Uh, who am I today, thanks to or through what I passed through? Um, just thinking back to that first three days in Gyumri, was there any moments of happiness during that time? Do you remember people saving people out of the rubble and any any like small moments of happiness? Yeah, that's that's the important thing you mentioned because that was viewed as a miracle mm -hmm. when you were you know, saving life there, when you were helping someone to get out. Mm -hmm. uh, and later on, we were watching, uh, you know, news, and they were reporting like, today, another person found mm -hmm. a life. You were, you know, thanking God that this is, you know, happened. Uh, but, uh, it was just the short moments, but basically, when you realize like what happened mm. and how much this, how deep this affected, you know, people there, like I can understand why Gimbri people don't like talking about this. Everyone knows that nowadays Gimbretsi, Gimbri people are not the ones who were like living in Yumri before it. Mm -hmm. They uh, lost so many, you know, people. If you go one by one, every life 
is matter, right? Mm -hmm. So in every life, everyone was someone's friend, someone's son, someone's yes, mother, someone's yes, brother. Yes. So it is um, like you can count how how many you know stories like that could have been you know told, or mm -hmm. how many lives could have been uh, lived in different way. Mm -hmm. So, and I guess uh, this it's like a big scarf, you know, from the wound, which is still healing. Yeah. And uh, it's very hard. First of all, thank you so much for sitting down and sharing. If someone's listening to this who doesn't know much about the Armenian earthquake, mm -hmm. um, you know, what was one thing you would want them to know? Yeah. In the beginning, I mentioned that that's just human nature, that if something happens, you know, we uh, we learn, we take our lessons, but then uh, we tend to forget. Mm -hmm. So there are important things you need to keep in mind, uh, like being ready for those you know, difficult events. Like it can be something small. Mm -hmm. uh, knowing that, say, if you wake up in the middle of night as a result of, I don't know, a wake or something, what you should do first? Mm -hmm. Like, if it's dark, like, do you have uh, flashlights uh, or to get your sturdy shoes so that you don't uh, run out, uh, let's say, with your bare phones? Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, in disaster situations, uh, the needs for people are remain the same. Mm. Everyone need, you know, to have shelter and food and water. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us again. You are welcome. welcome.